Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This trapeze moment, you know, talks about, you know, you, you, you're holding on to this one trapeze bar. And in order to get to the next bar, you have to totally release the first bar and jump to the second bar. And a lot of people think, oh, if I just hold on to the first bar and then kind of grab onto the second one, I'll be able to kind of swing on both bars and make it work. And that's just not how it works at all. You have to, you have to be able to release that fear and kind of let go of that comfort for a little while and, and you know, take that risk. And if you do 100%, it totally pays off. And if it doesn't, you just have to look at it as a learning experience. This is 118 with Philip Randazzo. Today's episode is brought to you by Fiverr.com. Fiverr.com gives you instant access to millions of creative and professional services from people who love what they do. So if you ever need to get your work done and you have limited time or budget, these are the people to get it done. In fact, this podcast was created by many things from Fiverr. The intro and outro music, Fiverr.com. The logo for UID Media, Fiverr.com. A lot of the editing that I've done with the podcast has also been from Fiverr. Com. So if you're looking for people to, to really help out with your internet marketing, help you improve your search engine optimization, and a host of various other things, all you need to do is search through a wide variety of talent and find the best seller for you. Make an order in one click and you're done. It's easy to get your work done on time and under budget. With over 150 categories of services offered, you will always find what you're looking for. I mean, there's literally everything that you can find there. I've seen people go sell ads or even stuff like tattoos um, on there. So you never know what you can find, but it's always great promo free stuff. Sign up to Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Use promo code NOMADS and get 20% off your first purchase. Fiverr.com. Any digital service in just one click. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me Philip Randazzo. And Philip, 
is the co-founder of the Yield Mastermind Group. Uh, they help many young adults across the country reach their goals, find community and accountability, and much more. Today's episode is going to be raw, real, and you know it's it's for the fellow millennial. And many of you listening know, you know, I'm all about inspiring the next set of global leaders. You know, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And I, I feel like um, you know Philip is really one of those different makers who's. Uh, uh, it was on, his, on a mission to do that. And, you know, it was a 23 year old entrepreneur who's built an incredible community of uh, of uh, you know change makers or aspiring change makers. And I'm excited to to share a story with you all. Welcome to the show, Philip. Yeah, Tayo, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So, th- tell us about yourself. Uh, how did you uh, get started to you know into Yield Mastermind Group, and how did you just start realizing that you needed to change and pivot to, into this? Yeah, so, um, you know, and part of my story is, you know, I, I went through a lot of struggle early on, and uh, but before that, you know, I grew up in a very privileged household. My, my father's an entrepreneur. Uh, I grew up kind of surrounded by thinking outside of the box and understanding that, you know, things aren't always as they seem and to not really follow the conventional path. And uh, growing up like that was, was great, but it kind of got away from me. Um, my end of high school, early college career, and then uh, from there, realized I needed to make some changes and saw the benefit of, you know, bringing together a bunch of like-minded individuals. And that is basically what we're doing with the Yield Mastermind Group. And it's funny, you know, in the intro, you talk about supporting the next generation. And, you know, our mission statement is supporting the next generation of leaders. I mean, that's really what we're about. We want to support people in their missions. We want to help people reach their goals. We want people to realize their full potential and kind of see that to fruition so that's that's the mission we're on right now wow so it, it, you know you talked to you touched on it there and i i do love the mission statement because you know i i've always said that with the podcast and i was on your side i was like this guy gets it that this is this is synergy right here because um, <laughs> we feel the same way but i i, I want to to hone in on the challenges you said you said you've gone through a few struggles uh can you highlight those and, and maybe uh share you know w- what uh those struggles have been yeah, of course. So, you know, I, I, you know, towards the end of my high school career, um, I was, I was always an athlete. I played basketball. I played tennis. I played football. Um, I had some prospects to play college basketball and, you know, being the young, uh, dumb kid that I was, I, I didn't see the benefit in that. And I, you know, I got mixed up in partying. Um, you know, I started getting into alcohol and drugs and, you know, at first it was it was sort of uh, innocent, if you will, as innocent as drugs and alcohol in high school can be, anyways. And uh, you know, from there, got mixed up into worse and worse things. And when I left for high school, or when I left high school to college, I thought, okay, this is my chance to make a change. And um, I was doing good for a little while, and then the drugs and partying kicked back in. Um, you know, I. Looking back, uh, had I had I realized the benefit that college basketball could bring into my life, I should have done that right away. But at the same time, you know, there's lessons that we have to learn that I think really benefit people in the future. And this is one of those lessons that I had to learn. And so, you know, the drugs kicked into a point where, um, you know, I got kicked out of my my college, got kicked out of my house. My parents no longer, you know, wanted to deal with uh, all my shenanigans. And so, you know, I was homeless there for a little while. And, um, you know, just <laughs> just living day by day, trying to figure out really what it is that uh, I wanted to do. I mean, this, it, when you hit a low point like that, it, it causes a lot of self-reflection. And in that self-reflection, 
kind of, you know, just realizing that there's so much more to life. And, you know, this is, this is my, my 19-year-old self thinking. And so I, I went back home, got help. I, I ended up going to rehab in Tennessee. And, um, you know, from there, thank God, really haven't had any, any trouble since then. But that's kind of been my path. And then from there, you know, I, I went on to to just basically relive what I what I always wanted to do. And so from there, I, I you know, I attended six different universities in four different states after that which is a pretty crazy stint, but, at, you know, towards the end of that, college basketball was always still in mind, and so one of my goals once I, you know, went to rehab and got help was to play college basketball, and everybody thought I was crazy, like, oh, who's this 19-year-old kid from Vegas? I grew up in Las Vegas, so you can only imagine oh, some man. of the stories that I might have, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and from there, you know, I ended up playing college basketball at this, uh, this school in Illinois called Elmhurst College, and it was awesome, and uh, graduated, and now I'm now I'm doing this yield mastermind thing and it's man it has been a crazy roller coaster journey but I have loved and learned from every minute of it. You know you know what's uh, interesting about your story is is you you decided that you need to change. Um, I'm always curious with with uh, you know stories like yours where you know you said you know it's from the outside it looked like you came from privilege you know you, you had all these opportunities that you didn't necessarily uh, appreciate at the time but then mm-hmm. when you had hit rock bottom. Um, what what always amazes me is what causes people to change and go up because you know you're already at the bottom and everybody had left you you know or at least left you to sort of uh, fend for yourself since they thought you were being detrimental to them. What what was that? What was the turning point for you? What was the exact turning point, or maybe it was a series of turning points that you realized this has got to go? Um, yeah, that's a fantastic question, and I, and I'll say really quickly that you know people. My family never really turned on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just they needed to to let me go to find my way mm-hmm. and just to kind of figure things out. But yeah, so you know, I can remember specifically I was you know living at one of my buddy's houses because you know he he and I were mixed up in the same things and um, he was really the only person that you know trusted me enough to let me live in his home. And um, so in that in that you know span where I was, you know, living there and, you know, no one, no one, I, you know, my friends didn't want to talk to me because I was the shady guy and they didn't know what I really wanted from them. And, um, I just remember waking up one morning and, you know, I, I walked out and, you know, I see him sitting there and like, I just, you know, I, I never really realized how bad we, we probably looked. I mean, we probably looked like we were, <laughs> we hadn't slept in a couple of weeks and we looked really <laughs> shady. And for some reason that morning, it just clicked. I looked at him. I was like, man, he, he does not look good. And then I, looked in the mirror and saw myself and I was like, wow, I look exactly like he does. This is probably not a good thing. And, you know, kind of reverting back to some of the things, you know, my dad, when I was growing up, had me read Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People and kind of thinking back on, wow, you know, this is not what successful people do. This is not, you know, they don't create these type of habits. You know, they kind of take control of of what they want to take control of and, and run with it. And, I wasn't doing that, and so I just remember right then and there saying, "Man, something's got to change, or this is going to end really badly." And so I, I literally grabbed my stuff, you know, told them I was leaving, and left, and went home and got help, and and that's kind of kind of what started it. Love it, love it. You know, my favorite sports uh, are basketball, tennis, and soccer. Uh, first of all, it's basketball, and then you know, tennis, soccer, and I also like American football. But you know, I, I grew up everywhere in the world, so I, sports was sort of my connector. Uh, sports was the way I made friends. Sports was the way I, I had built a lot of connections. And you said it was very important for you to to go come back to college and be a college basketball player. Mm-hmm. Why? 
Man, so and and like you like you hit on perfectly there. Basketball's always been my number one. I've been playing basketball since I was probably five years old, and it's it's always been a great connector, and it's where I built a lot of friendship, and it's it's also where I saw the most personal growth in myself. And you know, playing, I was so lucky to have an incredible high school basketball coach uh, by the name of Jamone Riley, and he's just a fantastic human being all the way around. He instilled a lot of personal characteristic traits in me in those years where, you know, I kind of, I saw the most personal growth and I wanted to, to come back to that. And, you know, like, you know, teamwork involves, or sports involves so many things like teamwork, you know, collaboration, fitting in with your role and figuring out how you're going to help the team best. And um, going through that in high school, I loved basketball and I had, a, unfortunately had a knee injury um, my junior year, which is the recruiting year. And that's when I thought, okay, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I'll go, you know, party and do the, the college student thing. And I didn't enjoy that. And so thinking back, you know, when I was in Tennessee, I had a lot of time to think and kind of ponder what, what really I wanted to do. And still being 19, I was young. I, I thought, okay, well, maybe I could play college basketball. And thank goodness I didn't listen to the people around me because, you know, a, a 19, 20-year-old kid who's who didn't play right out of high school, it's, it's very difficult to, to come back and do that. But I... I came back and, and, you know, made that team and, you know, got recruited by them and played. And, man, it's just the the collaboration, the teamwork. I mean, it's it's literally like a little, you know, every single basketball game is like a little miniature life, if you will. Like, exactly. you know, there's the ups, there's the downs, there's, you know, the, the you're, you're happy and then you're angry. It's it's such a it's such a unique experience. And I'm, I just love being involved in anything sports related. It's a perfect mirror of, of life, really, because you know, you, you know, you, you work hard. Sometimes you don't achieve the goal, and sometimes mm-hmm. you 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 achieve it. And I, I was talking, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. Um, you might hate me here now because my favorite player, <laughs> my favorite player is LeBron James, and I, I'm also a big Steph Curry fan because I I saw him. I went to school with his brother, and I saw. I remember when he was at Davidson's, uh, Steph. Um, but yeah, I was talking about my. The, the reason why I like people and admire people is not necessarily just because they're great at what they do, but I, I look at the processes they put. Now, mm-hmm. with LeBron's analogy, I was talking about you know, you know, you, this prodigy sixteen-year-old on uh, you know cover Sports Illustrated, you know, had everything pre-coronated MJ, you know, and you know, and yep. then you know, you leave home, everybody hates you, they think you're a sellout, and then you lose the first, uh, you know, you lose, you know, your first year, and you come back. And then you know you, you win, but I always say it's, it must be increasingly frustrating for you to train for all summer, all year, and then you you spend ten months playing a sport or eight months, and then you reach the finals. All of a sudden, you lose, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. man, all that work, and then you yeah. have to pick yourself back up to go back and say, okay, mindset change. I have to do it all again and wait for another ten months. So I feel like that's such a parallel of life where. It's not necessarily a series of overnight successes, but it's it's every single hour you shoot, every single um, day you spend in gym, every time you invest in yourself, it all mm-hmm. pays off in the end if you stay consistent. So that, that's that's why uh, I you know I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I love that you yeah. illustrate that. Yeah, and and well, I, and I'll say I'm not. Uh, I'm also a big LeBron fan and a big Woo! Steph Curry fan, and that's one of the things you know I love. It's kind of like that that life analogy you always hear. It's not about it's about the journey and not the destination, and that's one of the things that I love about sports. That's a little different. See, I I'm like the um, 
my favorite player growing up was Dennis Rodman. And so that's the, of, yeah, that's the type of basketball player that I was. I was the, I'll do the dirty work guy. I didn't mind playing defense. And I was the defensive player of the year on my team. And uh, it's just, those are the things that I enjoyed doing. And so for me, practice and putting in the work was, was what I enjoyed the most. And so when game time came, it was, okay, let's show everybody what you've been working on. And so, but yeah, I mean, man, I couldn't, you know, leaving your hometown and and playing and losing the the first year like LeBron did. But you know, he came back and won two years in a row. So you know, it's not that bad to be LeBron. Hey, no, it's true. And but you know what you just said about Rodman? Even though I said whoa, and it's Rodman is one of those complicated people that I, I honestly I I would love to get together. But when he, I remember when I remember him playing, it was you know. It was the, the dirty work, you said, the grunt work, but he was such a key uh, part oh of the, goodness. yeah, well, those Bulls and the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, people will say, oh, you're 26, how do you know? But I study the, I study the, the, the games and I, you heard what they said about him. It's exactly what you said. It's putting in the work. And, um, and I, I think that's almost underrated in today's uh, world when it comes to millennials and entrepreneurship is where everybody feels like you have to be like the LeBron of the stuff where it's beautiful yeah. and it's like sweet but you, you, the 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 hustle is not really covered as much, and the grind and the grit, and, and, you know, and all that it takes, you know, because there's there's more than one path to success, right? So it's um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the, an interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and like one of the things, it's it's like you said, being a role player, and that's I think you hit it spot on too, and that's something that we talk about, you know, in, in my Yield Mastermind group is, uh, you know, understanding that you don't. As long as you fit your role and you enjoy what you're doing, you're exactly right. It's not about being the LeBron James or the Steph Curry. You know that obviously, if you if you can be, that's great, and you should strive to be that if that's what you want to be. But man, you gotta you you have to start somewhere. And not all of us, you know, are on the cover of Sports Illustrated when we're 16 years old. So that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you'd mastermind. So talk about it. Tell me what what your mission is. Um, and what you've done so far, you guys have, you know, you're, you have your own podcast as well, which is doing well. So you've done yes. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So, so the YIELD Mastermind Group, YIELD stands for Young, Innovative, Entrepreneurial Leadership and Direction. And so really what we're doing is targeting millennials specifically and trying to help people understand uh, what their goals really are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We look at three areas of goal setting. We, we look at personal, professional, and spiritual um, or service goals. And the thing that I've realized in, in doing this is that, you know, millennials haven't had like a, a real high level education or at least a lot of them on 
what it looks like to be a leader, what it looks like to set goals, and what it looks like to to have a grand scheme vision, and then you know, kind of lay the groundwork as to how that's going to go. And so, that's one of the major things that we do in the group is we we look at you know the twenty thousand foot bird's eye view goals that we all have, and then we break them down, break them down, break them down, and we meet uh, twice a month. And this is all via a platform called Zoom, similar to Skype, and you know, because we have people all over the country. We got members in New York. Uh, California, Nevada, Utah, Illinois. I mean, we're we're spread across the country, but it's it's fantastic and it's such a such a cool thing to to see people come into the group and kind of figure out exactly what their passions and and dreams are, and then figure out ways to work towards that. And then we all collaborate. We all you know hold each other accountable to what we say we're going to do. And that's one of the things that I needed the most. I mean, you know, I've been a I'm an entrepreneurial minded person and I'm, I'm also the guy that gets distracted by shiny objects. And so I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about something one day and then the next day something else pops up. Oh, I'm going to do that. Right. And so, you know, I need people holding me accountable to what I say I'm going to do. Cause if I'm holding myself accountable, I'm, I'm a lot less likely to follow through than if I have, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 people saying, Hey, you said uh, during the last meeting you were going to do this. Did you actually do it? And then I have to honestly answer yes I did or no I didn't and thank you guys for you know holding me to what I said I was going to do no I, I love that and it is so true we live in, in the FOMO generation that fear of missing out yes yes <laughs> where everything and you know it's the digital age everything comes out you know there's snapchat one day there's periscope there's that you know um I, I think it's great you, you guys have created a community where it, you know you've got accountability and you've got these uh you know the, you know you guys keeping each other accountable to what they truly want to do. What, what yeah. I want to talk to you about, though, was um, you said that leadership thing. Our generation, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I said our generation you know, hasn't really had that example of what it, it truly means to be a leader. And uh, I think that's scary because we are the next set of leaders. And some of us are already yeah. taking that mantle now. So why do you think we haven't had that uh, that example? Yeah, so I'm, man, I'm, I'm a kind of follow my own path, you know, I, I do my own thing. And so in my studies, what I've realized is that the way that we've been brought up and the way that the school system is, it's, you know, it's it's great for some people who want to be doctors and lawyers and things that you need to have the specific schooling for. But for other people, I think the way that school is set up, you know, you have to answer to people, turn in homework, and, you know, you're told that you have to do it this way and you're graded on certain things. I think that kind of sets us up to be followers and in in kind of, you know, and in, in, in learning this when I was still a student, it was pretty cool to, to witness because I could go to school and watch how other people were just so content with doing the bare minimum and answering the questions they were asked and not doing anything else. And I think that's been setting us up to kind of just be followers and not that there's anything wrong with, you know, not being a, a leader per se, but you know, people even in, in roles where they're not, you know, the head guy can still be leaders and they can still own their work and, and you know, put their own individual touch on things. And I think the way that we've been brought up, you know, with everything kind of, you know, I guess you could call it being handed to us, you know, with technology making things so easy. Um, and then for us just to be, you know, kind of everyone has college degrees nowadays. Everyone's going to college, or at least a, a lot more people are than they used to. Mm -hmm. And I think it just sets us up to just kind of do the bare minimum um, and then, you know, kind of just jump into... It. Basically, college, in my opinion, sets us up to go into these entry-level positions and really 
do the type of entry level work that these you know major corporations want us to do. And now, I'm, of course, I'm generalizing. Not everyone has the ability to go to college, and not everyone that goes to college is content with doing the bare minimum and just following you know someone's orders. But in in my opinion, and in the studying that I've done and the research that I've done, that's that's the majority of people um, entering the workforce nowadays are you know just entering. Uh, looking to do the bare minimum and get that paycheck and you know kind of just live a a quote unquote quote normal life which just to me is not doesn't fulfill my personal passion doesn't fulfill things that I'm looking to do but in in the studies that I've done that's what I've seen no I mean I, look I I can relate to you I mean I've I've gotten the MBA I did the undergrad and, and like you said it's that there are, it doesn't mean education is bad you know because I you know I went through that process but like you said earlier, I, I also, there was a point where I realized that I wasn't doing what I felt fulfilled in. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important. I think, especially with our generation, that job satisfaction is something that we shouldn't really settle for. Just because, you know, it's one thing to, to punch in the clock and, and go somewhere that you don't really feel fulfilled in. But then what that happens is that, what happens with that is that that becomes the next 40, 50 years of your life. And then, yeah. you know. Do you want to be able to look at yourself at 70 and saying, I wish I had done that? Now, if you're, you know, a doctor, lawyer, or someone who's so fulfilled, whether, you know, in your profession, you've done that, that's fantastic. But I think for those set, for that that percentage of people that feel like, like your acronym says, you know, they're young, innovative, entrepreneurial, especially entrepreneurial, and leadership and direction driven, I I think they should be willing to bet on themselves. And I think what you've done by mm-hmm. creating a community of, of people who feel the same way um, is great because, you know, I think the narrative around society is, is almost, uh, it's, it's, it's skewed against people like that and saying, well, why are you not in school? What are you doing? You're mm-hmm. betting, you're gambling. What do you, I mean, what if you get broke? You know, I'm, that's yeah. all a reality. But, you know, there's not enough community-driven um, um, platforms for people who want to take a uh, bet themselves and just like say, "Hey, I want to try the, and build this platform. I want to be a leader, so and so." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're totally right, and that's the, one of the reasons that the community aspect is so important. Is that, like you, like you hit on perfectly there. It's like you do, you, you, you know, you want to do your own thing, become an entrepreneur, or you're thinking outside the box. Other people around you look down on that for a number of reasons. It could be because they just want you to, you know, fall in line. It could be because they're upset that they didn't do that themselves, whatever the reason is. But when you join a community of people that do that, it makes it a whole lot easier and to be able to collaborate and, you know, learn. We, we have a workshop portion to our meetings, too, where we kind of learn about these different techniques and learn about leadership in, in different ways. And it's just been a really, really cool process to see. And, you know, one of my mentors um, talks about something called the trapeze moment. And I think one of the reasons that people stay in a job they don't like for 40 or so years and then just kind of retire in the you know the generic sense of the word is because they're comfortable and they don't want to go out of their comfort zones and this trapeze moment you know talks about you know you, you you're holding on to this one trapeze bar and in order to get to the next bar you have to totally release the first bar and jump to the second bar and a lot of people think oh if I just hold on to the first bar and then kind of grab onto the second one I'll be able to kind of swing on both bars and make it work and that's just not how it works at all you have to you have to be able to release that fear and kind of let go of that comfort for a little while and and you know take that risk and if you do 100% it totally pays off and if it doesn't you just have to look at it as a learning experience and that's 
that's something that, that we, we talk about a lot as well is that you know if, if you fail it's not a bad thing you just have to you have to learn from what you've done and I mean there's a lot of a lot of research that talks about how you know failure is actually something that really pushes a lot of people forward and there's a quote that I love is you know fail early fail often and fail forward mm-hmm. as long as you're pushing yourself forward then failure is not a bad thing at all but if you look at failure as a setback and you get down on yourself it makes things a whole lot more difficult so yeah yeah I think it was Thomas Edison that failed more, I think more than 900 <laughs> times or 9,000. I can't always, always forget before you yeah. got the light bulb. Um, and, you know, it, we always forget that. I, you know, I've failed multiple times even trying to build a media company. And, and as you can imagine, you're competing with, you know, the established media brands, you know, the people mm-hmm. they already have, you know, like the NBCs, the CVS, the Elite, everybody. They're, they're, already, they're already established with all these views. But, um, it's it's one thing to say you've tr- you've done your best and you've made an impact, and it's another thing to say I could have done my best and I could have made an impact. And oh I ne- my goodness, that's <laughs> that, and and that's that's one of the reasons that I think I that that made me work so hard to play college basketball, and that's continued to to you know drive my work ethic is that I don't want to look back and and think, man, I wish I would have done this, or oh, I could have done this if I would have just did that. I want to make sure that I everything that I want to accomplish in my life, everything that I, you know, aspire to do, I want to at least give it my best effort so that when I look back I can say, you know what, maybe that didn't work out, but I gave it my best shot and because I, you know, gave it my best shot, this other, you know, side road thing came up and that's what drove me to to become successful in my definition of the word. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I like I said, I was going to websites and this, this, I got to talk to this Philip guy more because you reached out to me <laughs> at first, and I was just researching, and I was looking at you know your, your stuff, your podcast. I was like, I, I, I love exact things you're saying because it's it is so true about generation. You know, like I, I've told the audience, um, when this comes out, they would, they would know that I'm, I'm in the process of building a network of podcasts and digital content that I feel like millennials need um, access to, and it's because of everything you said. It's there is not enough resources out there. There are many um, resources that say, you know, millennials are lazy, entitled generation. Or and there are also mm-hmm. many resources that claim to be, you know, out there for millennials. But it, what's happened is that it's just, it's treated more as a buzzword rather than, you know, like talking to us. It's more, it's like, ah, millennials, 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 product placement. And instead of, yeah. um, <laughs> of actually just hitting the points and, and I, 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 when you said the you would mastermind group and you reached out to me and I, re, I was talking about that, I, I feel like the more we cultivate resources like this, the better we're going to have, um, uh, you know, better leaders we're going to have. Because sometimes I look at the world, you know, I grew up in five countries, uh, you know, I'm from Nigeria, and you look at the world from a unique lens and you sort of see these patterns where, you know, a lot of us are just, we're looking <laughs> for the content yep. out there. We're just looking. We, we want to find that direction. We know we're not happy sometimes, and sometimes we are happy, but we feel like we don't have any avenue to teach the others how to do that. Um, and, you know, you're, I, I just want to commend you on creating such a resource for that because it's fantastic. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Ty. I appreciate that. And, I'll, and I commend you because I was that same person. I mean, you know, there's content for the CEOs and there's content for people that have already made it. And I was, I was just so desperately looking for content that related more specifically to me. And I couldn't find it. And so the fact that you're putting something like this together is just makes me so happy because 
it's just going to make it so much easier for people to, to find what they're looking for and find what relates to them so much more than just the generic content that's out there. Because we live in a, a world now where, man, you, there's, there's so much information overload, it's almost impossible to find what you're looking for in the sea of information out there. And so to have a place where, where you know, a millennial like myself could go and find more content is just absolutely awesome. So thank you for putting that together for all of us millennials out there. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And um, so, put it, speaking of putting stuff together, your mastermind is about bringing people together. How can people reach out to you on, on that path? And how can they say, "Hey, Philip, I've I've got this great idea, or I want to be part of your amazing group"? You know, where can I reach you? What would you tell them? Yeah. Oh yeah. So we have a, a couple different ways. I mean, of course, we're on social media. We're at uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and we have a YouTube uh, channel. Everything's at Yield Mastermind. And then we have a website, which is yieldmastermind.com. And on that website, we have uh, a, a couple different forms and, and areas where you can fill out information and you know join our mailing list. And then I'll give you my my personal email is you know yieldmastermind at gmail.com. And that is my specific personal email. So if anyone wants to get in touch, wants to become part of the group, has a question, whatever it is, please reach out to me on that. I'll personally get back to you you know within the within a very short time frame because I mean. Our group is great, and we're always looking to push the bar. And one of one of the things that my dad said to me early on that stuck with me is, "If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room." And so, <laughs> so I'm true. always, yeah, and I'm always looking to to up the level of, you know, collaboration and communication and accountability in the group. I'm always looking for people who are, you know, trying to accomplish incredible things. And everyone in the group loves hearing stories like that. So if anyone wants to and and we allow people to be guests to a couple meetings before they join so at the very least you know contact me and uh, just be a guest and see what we're all about it's it's an awesome platform for you to learn and grow and share and get in touch with the community of like-minded people oh love it love it and and um yeah i, I can tell i'm we're definitely going to be talking more just cuz i'm i'm looking for like-minded people myself and uh um you know in the journey of to, to to help make an impact i feel like Surrounding myself with, you know, like-minded people is one of the best ways to do that. So, I always close out the interview with this. Uh, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. How are you using your difference to make a difference? Yeah, man, that is that is a great question. And for me, it's it's everything that I went through in my life, you know, the addiction, the homelessness, and, you know, but growing up in, in the privilege and seeing what it takes to be successful, I think my difference in, in having gone through the things I went through and, you know, I don't as much as I am glad that I learned those lessons, I don't want other people to have to go through those deep and intensive lessons to learn the same things that I learned. So in going through all that stuff and, and knowing what I know, I want to help people you know, push forward and, and realize their goals and their dreams without having to you know, have some of the same you know, failures or, or setbacks or obstacles that I hit. I, you know, if I can share my story and help somebody, you know, you know, I guess hurdle across a couple of obstacles without having it phase them. I think that would be an absolute incredible uh, win for me and a win for them. And so that's really what I'm trying to do is just use everything I've learned to help push people forward and and reach their goals. Because as you know, it's it's not easy and it it takes a lot of grind and a lot of effort to reach your goals, but it's so doable. And I think people people stop short. They you know they stop so close. There's a book called Three Feet from Gold, and it's it's a great analogy because you know. A lot of times, where where we have these passions and we push towards them, and we just stop. We stop so close to to the the breaking point. And 
I just want to make sure that people don't do that, that they understand that their goals, you know, can be achieved and I want to give them practical, you know, measurable ways to to see that happen. So that's really what I'm trying to do. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. I'll make sure we put all your links in the show notes and your links to your podcast as well. And make sure we, we put that there because uh, it's, um, you know, it's doing well and I'm very happy for you at that. And we'll, yeah, we'll put everything on show notes and please, guys, um, this is this is a great, great initiative. Um, and you can obviously tell that, you know, Philip is a person that, that's as honest as it can be, but it's very introspective and really has a pure heart to, to make a difference. So, uh, we'll do everything on our end to make sure we share your message and we spread the word. And um, looking forward to, to you know seeing where you go a year from now. Yeah, I appreciate that, Tyler. And I'm, I'm gonna have to get you on my show because you, you're <laughs> you're the perfect guest for for my audience to hear from. I anything you need, man. Anything you need, I'm there. So I'll be, I'll be more than happy <laughs> awesome. to do it. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. You're doing a great thing, and I'm I'm excited to to see where your listeners go in their lives. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.